What is this? What is this? Oh, oh man! I did it again! Bit, 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 bit. Ah, will somebody please press start? Grace Junkies. This is Tim, your producer, and this episode showcases our newest format called Duets. One subject, one moderator, and two callers discussing, well, each one will be different. Today's duet is personal religion and private faith in the public schools. Our participants are Brad McFadden as your host and moderator, Chris, a student, and Lottie Da, a teacher. If you'd like to leave comments on this show or catch past episodes of Grace Junkies, we invite you to come to our website at www.gracechunkies.com. Well, that's enough of me. Let's get to the call. Tonight on Grace Junkies, we have a special guest, a special Grace Junkies tonight, the first of the duets where we pick two people to go at a topic and um, from a little different perspective. Tonight we have a student and a teacher. We have Chris from Montana. Say hello, Chris. Hello. And we have Lottie Dahl from New York. Hey. Hi. All right. Lottie Dahl is the teacher, by the way, and Chris is the student. All right. We're talking about personal religion and private faith in the public school system and what it's like to be a Christian, kind of, um, and, and, and all the different situations and problems we have to deal with in the most socialistic of our institutions, the public school system. Okay, let's start off with Lottie Do. What do you have to say on the topic? Well, I'd like to start out talking about freedom of speech and how that's not necessarily valid in the public school system. Um, I mean, from a Christian standpoint, there are things that we're, as a teacher, I'm not really allowed to talk about in the schools. But even just to take that from another perspective and think of the students who choose to use their freedom of speech to say things that are not appropriate for school. And those students, you know, they end up getting in the principal's office or suspended just because of the words that they say, which isn't necessarily an exhibition of freedom of speech. And teachers, no matter what they're saying, if it's, you know, if it's using inappropriate words or being rude or or speaking about their faith, they can be fired for that sort of thing. So I think that that freedom of speech idea doesn't really apply to the public school systems in a sense. You know, to some extent it does if the students aren't allowed to be exiled from the classroom for expressing their opinions so long as they do so in a respectful manner. But I think that that freedom of speech is is not really applicable to public school system. Interesting. Chris, do you have a response? Um, I was reading an interesting article the other day about how schools are kind of a unique unique environment in that um, education comes first and free speech comes second. So if there's any speech that is uh, blocking the um, educational process, then the schools have a right to block that form of speech. Hmm. 
Well, okay, and but how is freedom of speech is governed by two major philosophies uh, that are built-in restrictions. One is profanity or inappropriateness, so to speak. The other is a restriction on um, respect and appropriate well, it's appropriateness, but it's built in respect. In other words, there are certain situations, such as in the library, you don't really have freedom of speech. <laughs> you, you're restricted by the fact that you're supposed to be quiet in there. Uh, but and, and profanity, of course, is not covered under freedom of speech either. But in school, how did religion become as you've both indicated, this special circumstance where it's its not just talking back to your teacher. You can express your opinion, even if it differs with your teacher. You're allowed to do that. You are allowed, but you're not allowed to, you know, just blurt it out. You have to raise your hand. You have to go by the rules. Okay, well, that is under respect and appropriateness. Also, the other, and, and I understand what you were saying, Chris, where, you know, that gets in the way, you know, freedom of speech would get in the way of education in the fact that if everybody just talked at once and nobody had to raise their hand, nobody had to take their turn, nobody had to express themselves and it going by the rules. But now, how did religion get wrapped into profanity and respect? How is expressing your religion, either by the teacher or by the student, either one, how does that interfere with education, A, or how is it profane? I think that's something that has jumped into our culture, you know, that the everything, every every idea and every belief that anybody might have is all okay. And, you know, that's all that super hyper-tolerance where, you know, if I try to say something where I say that my way is, you know, that like my way of following God or um, my way of thinking is the right way and that somebody else's way, therefore, is not right. That's not tolerated in, in our society anymore, and so it comes across as profane and disrespectful and rude, and it's, got, it's become lumped in right with that. And there was a student in my classroom who was claiming to be God. I don't think he actually believed it, but he was claiming to be God, and one of the girls was like, make him stop, and I was like, I can't. He's not disrupting class like they were doing group work, and I was like, I mean, I can ask him to do his work, but he's doing his work. His work is done. He's claiming he's God. I can't do anything about it. It's too bad he believes that. I think for teachers, I think they're almost considered um, government workers, so it kind of has that separation between church and state. I mean, that's how I've understood it. I don't know how how teachers view that, whether that's right or wrong. So to so to so Chris, for your understanding, you're saying that 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 you view that if your teacher spoke to, if your public school teacher spoke to you about religion, whether it was about uh, Mormonism or 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 goat worship or Christianity, if they spoke to you in one of those you know in, in religious context, they would be violating church you know, church and state, separation of church and state. Is that what, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that's how how it really works, but that's how I've always seen it. I see. Yeah, I mean, we are considered government employees if we're working for a public school, and, you know, to that extent, we if we are if we are preaching, then we are basically being the government sort of, like, instating a state religion or dictating beliefs to 
to citizens, and that's you know not something that our government permits, especially in the public schools where we're working with children, and they'll you know they'll claim that we're corrupting youth, which is entirely the opposite of what's going on. But you know, that's that's basically how it's viewed. And I mean, they told us in school they made sure as our Christian college they made sure to go through all the law with us and tell us, you know, if anybody asks us questions, whatever it is, we're allowed to answer it. You know, if they mm-hmm. ask, like, why I'm wearing a cross necklace, I can go and give them the whole gospel because they asked a question and now I can answer it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to that extent, like, that's really cool that they allow us at least that. If somebody asks, we can tell them, but we can't just mm-hmm. jump in and be like, okay, guys, today is Day of the Dead, so we're going to talk about death and what happens after you die. And, you know, we can't, like, go off on that on our own. Okay. Now we've talked about mainly the the, the burden or the, the freedom of speech from a from a teacher perspective, and you hinted about from a from a student perspective. But Chris, let's let's hear from you on a freedom of speech from a student perspective. Do you feel like you have the freedom of speech as a student to talk about yourself being God or Jesus or or whatever? Mm. Or do you feel like you're being restricted in that by the schools by school system or the administration? I think that if I were to talk about religious topics like Christianity, goat worshiping, whatever, I think that usually would make the teacher a little bit uneasy because it's prone to debate in class. And I mean, sometimes the teacher is going to just be a little uneasy about that and thus will restrict somewhat what I say and say maybe it's a better time sometime else other than during class time. But, I mean, I have been lucky enough to skip through science classes without really going into much evolution. It's just how my school has progressed. But I have to, when it comes up, and I'm sure it will this year in my um, Bio bio 2 class, I will have to somewhat discuss it with my my teacher in that evolution versus young earth versus all these other theories instead of just accepting evolution as the only part. I'm not sure my teacher will just say this is what the book says, let's move on, or if we'll get into a discussion, but that's just something that I'll have to see what happens. Okay, so even in uh, so in English class or any place like that, you You've never had a, an occasion to mention your faith in a paper or, or anything like that? Or just have never... Paper, paper thing is really good because I um, recently had a prompt over the summer to pick the most influential person in my life. And the only, the only honest answer for that was Jesus Christ. So I did write a paper on it. Um, the problem I had was I sounded a little too preachy and I... And I understood my teacher's view of that, and I was very, very glad about my teacher's input about that, that it was more how it relates to my life and not not being all sermony and preachy and stuff. But it's, I, I didn't get... But you didn't feel restricted. Oh. Yeah, I didn't feel restricted in that. That's good. Because I, I feel that I was graded fairly based on my work. Uh, now, what about, so that's in class. What about in the halls? Is, is it pretty much anything goes in the halls? You can discuss your religion at will there? Or is there persecution from other students or is or anything going on in there? I think we have, 
I mean, there's not much persecution from students. Well, I mean, here in Montana, there's a fairly good, fairly good school system, and I mean, I'm not faced with people um, bearing down on my religion, bearing down on my views. I mean, some people might ask me about a bracelet I'm wearing that has a cross on it, and I can talk about that, but without without real confrontation without real persecution. So I feel it's... My freedoms aren't limited, but I think that in a time where tolerance is becoming more and more the norm, I think that these freedoms might become less and less. Now, what about you, Lottie Dye? Outside of the classroom, maybe even outside of students, um, I I recently saw this documentary called Expel, where it was... was it was very much looked down upon for other. This was at the college level, but it was very much looked down upon for teachers to even, you know, mention creationism or or yeah. or anything like that. Did you feel persecuted or or anything in in, in New York and in, in the school system that you were in, as far as your faith was concerned? Um, well, I didn't teach in New York, and I've been teaching in Massachusetts. And, oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, um, no problem. The the teachers that I worked with, um, they, you know, they caught on pretty quick. I didn't really have to mention anything. They just understood that there was something that was different or just that I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't one of those people that was out until all hours of the night doing whatever it is that those people do. And um, and they were very aware of that and made and made some comments about it. And they were pretty respectful in general, the other teachers. And um, and there's one in particular that um, that was really open to listening to what I had to say about it, and um, it was pretty accepting, and that was really exciting. And then the other ones, even even they, you know, they weren't really it wasn't it wasn't something that they were interested in for themselves, but they still they weren't you know totally shut off by it, and I tried not to throw it in their faces too much. Um, I didn't want to come across as you know as self righteous or um, were looking like I thought I was better than them. So, um, and I think they really appreciated that and and respected respected that more than whatever it was. Because they would every once in a while throw something against those, you know, those crazy conservative Christians or whatever. They just, you know, make some comment about some parents who didn't approve of some choice they made or whatever it was. But you know, they didn't really seem to group me into that um, thing that it wasn't really, you know, the same type of lifestyle and. Um, and that was really exciting to see. And um, and even with the students, there were a couple times where they did ask about it, and I was able to talk a little bit about it. They'd ask, you know, what I was what I was doing on the weekends, or if I had, you know, um, they'd ask about boys or whatever it was that they'd ask about because they were in middle school and that's all they care about. Um, and <laughs> you know, they'd they'd ask me those types of questions, and I got to tell them things, you know, and and I got to talk a little bit about my church or about the worship team that I was on and, you know, because they found it was in a band and they got all excited. And I was like, well, it's not really a, you know, a normal band. So, um, you know, so it was it was pretty, it, was, it wasn't the easiest thing to be able to share. It wasn't, you know, and I, I was cautious because I didn't want to get sued or have angry parents running in and, you know, because the school can fire me for no reason whatsoever for the first three years. So I didn't really want, you know, that being the reason for it, but then again, you know, should I have been more active just, you know, and been 
you know, Paul was imprisoned for speaking the truth and, like, should we be doing that instead? You know, there's that balance you have to find between staying there long enough to have that influence and and being bold and speaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what my next subject was, was the, the burden of truth. And, um, and you, you sort of touched on that for you. You said it was, it was sort of the limit or a balancing act between, between the two. How do you feel that you did? And do you feel that it was fair? Or do you feel that, that the system is... I mean, and I know we have to compete with if we let one religion in, we have to let all religions in. So is the way they're handling it, or while you were there, your experience, was it fair from an administration perspective? Or was it a little restrictive in that you thought you could lose your job just for talking about your faith? Um, I didn't really feel as threatened as I know some other people have. Um, my school was pretty pretty open to that sort of thing, and, and there wasn't a whole lot of... Um, a whole lot of diversity in any sense of the word in my school. It was mostly um, mostly people who were, at, to some extent, in some sort of church. And, you know, whether or not it actually affected their lives all that much is another story. But, um, you know, it was, it was pretty much the norm um, to either have some sort of church or to at least understand that that is, you know, what the rest of the town is up to, except for the one Muslim family, and everybody's all excited about that one. So um, I didn't really feel like it was a major, you know, it wasn't like a major fear of mine or anything. I didn't really feel like I was going to get sued or anything, but I understand the laws and, and, and that we, you know, we have decided to separate church from state and, and why that's in place. And to some extent I do agree with it because, you know, like you said, if we let one group in, we have to let them all in, and I wouldn't want some you know, crazy new age person teaching preschool students and getting them all off track when they're that young and impressionable. And, and so I would rather keep it separated. And, and, um, and even though that means I have to restrain some of what I would like to share with my students, but, um, but knowing that our way is the truth, it's going to come across no matter what. And, you know, it comes across in our lives and, and you know, you have, um, St. Francis of Assisi that said, preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. And so I don't necessarily have to say what I believe or what I really want for my students for it to come across. You know, they'd be taking quizzes, and I'd be praying, for, I'd be looking at all their desks and praying for them, or walking around the room and praying, or giving them little notes and things like that. And, you know, it, it comes across that there's something different. And, and like I said, I was able to have some conversations because the students, even the students can notice that there's something different, even though I really have to restrain my speech when I'm talking to them. Chris, did you notice a difference in your teachers? Did you know specifically which ones were Christian and which ones you could you could go to about uh, faith issues? I mean, did any of your teachers stick out and, and was obvious that... Um, I have had teachers in the past who have definitely stuck out. I had a, a social studies teacher in 7th and 8th grade who I definitely talked about and I knew was a Christian. So you had uh, teachers, you, you did have a teacher that stuck out to you mm-hmm. um, as a Christian. Were you able to go to them with matters of faith? and Did you feel free yeah, to do that? I mean, I felt more closer to my youth group. I've almost sometimes separated my school and my 
time time to talk about faith and at, like youth group and stuff. I mean, matters of, matters of that. And I know I'm I shouldn't do that, but sometimes it's just what I what I do. I mean, a lot of times I separate school from home life, school from social life, school from everything, and and I almost need to put those together so I can talk to my teachers about faith, talk to them about about what I believe, talk to them about youth group, talk to them if I need to about what I believe. And I don't know, I never really came up with my social studies teacher then, and it's this year I have pretty much all new teachers, a lot of new teachers, so I don't know anybody who I could really go talk to, but I do have a lot of support from my church and from people there I could talk to. Well, now, what about the burden of truth and other students? I, I'm getting the sense that you're not really restricted from from speaking to other students um, mm-hmm. about your faith. Um, there, are, do, you, do you feel like there's any restrictions on you? Like she says she could only talk if she was asked about it, but you're not really restricted by that, are you? That's one of the great things about being a student, and I think I haven't taken full advantage of that because I don't have any risk of losing my education because I talk talk about God. Yeah. I mean, the schools have a obligation to teach me, regardless. I mean, if unless I started some violence or I got suspended for some reason, that is according to their rules. But if I just express my faith and express my speech without blocking any of the education or any of the any activities there, I don't run any risk of losing my education, so I'm free to talk about what I believe. Okay, well, what about, now, what about prayer? Uh, it seems to be this, with students, it's all fine and good until they start to pray, and then it has to be outside mm-hmm. the school. Is is that, a, is that really a reality, or? Um, I tend to, pray as much as I can. I mean, sometimes school gets in the way, but if I'm just praying as I as I talk to people, praying as I walk by, praying in class and without actually visually showing that I'm praying, then there's no way they can stop me from doing that. Well, that's true, but I'm talking about more of a... Okay. Oh, more visual. A visual like, or praying with other students, this kind of thing. Um... I think that I do have the right to pray in school with other students. I mean, they have a um, Youth Alive program, which meets, which a teacher f- facilitates, and they meet every Monday, so they can pray together. I could, I went to the, oh, I think that's a later topic, but to the, um, at the poll, yeah, or at the poll. And, and can you do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Lottie Da, did you, did you have any, were there any other teachers that you were able to pray with cooperatively in, in the school, or was that a no-no, or just never came up? Um, it never really came up as um, a part of my school. I mean, like I said, there was that one other teacher that had some interest in it, but we never ended up um, praying together, and I think that's actually really a shame. It, it, it could have happened, and that would have been really, really great. 
um, we didn't have any sort of Bible study or anything like that group at our school. We didn't have a whole lot of student groups since it was a middle school. But I know that in my high school we did have a Bible study group, and and it was supposed to be facilitated by a teacher, but they didn't want to let any of the Christians facilitate it because then they would be actively involved and they weren't supposed to be. They were supposed to just be supervising and make sure we didn't actually have any, like, human sacrifices or anything. So <laughs> none, of the, none of the other teachers wanted to come anywhere near it, but the Christian ones weren't really, you know, it wasn't really something that they were supposed to be doing because they knew that they'd start breaking those rules and those boundaries. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything else to say, Chris? I have to say that in my school we actually we do have a teacher and I don't know why it's different in other schools about the line between being able to participate in a after school group or a or a during lunch group or if it's a Christian or religious activity um, some schools may define it as differently I'm not really sure where that line is, but I know in my school um, we do have a teacher who is a Christian and is working with this group. So, I mean, have you been in other schools, la-di-da, where it's been okay, or is it kind of written in the rules, or is it just kind of an unspoken thing? Teachers are really not supposed to be um, to to be involved in those sorts of groups uh, according to the separation of church and state things. Again, if a student asks me a question, they can. And we had a teacher who broke those rules all the time um, because she knew, you know, she knew who the Christians were and she'd like, she knew something was going to be announced to the student population that day. So she'd say, guys, you have to pray right now for the whole school because this is what's Mm -hmm. going on. And she'd pray with us or for us and, you know, in the school and that was really not supposed to be happening. But, Mm -hmm. you know, she decided to follow God's law first. Mm -hmm. So... Interesting. Okay. Um, I'm restricting my speech at this point. Because <laughs> I want to hear, hear what y'all had to say. Um, t-shirts, jewelry, um, maybe even to some extent tattoos uh, that speak of religion. Now, you said you, you were able to wear a cross, la-di-da, you said that you can do that. I know I've heard of read about some schools that restrict um, religious paraphernalia, so that it's you know you can't even wear a T-shirt that says Jesus is the way. Right. Um, have you either of y'all faced anything like that? I I can't say I have. Okay. Um, I I wore my cross today. I wore I was wearing a cross on my arm for a movement kind of thing that I did for, uh, it was a movement called Don't Deny the Truth. It was based on a Ted Decker book, um, which just came out, which had, uh, First Amendment was changed in the name of tolerance. And so basically it was expressing our freedom of speech on our arms visually with a, uh, old T-shirt that says we are the 3,000 and put a cross and stuff. And so I think, I mean, I had no obstruction of that. I was, it was perfectly fine to wear a cross. I mean, I see other kids wearing a cross and the administration has no problem with it whatsoever. Okay, what about from uh, 
flooded off from a teacher's perspective. Uh, you said you wore a cross, but was there any other, any, anything else, any other restrictive? Um, I tried to I tried to do as much as I could really, and there wasn't a whole lot because I, you know I wasn't going to wear a t-shirt to work or anything. But I <laughs> right. did um, I I you know brought a lot of Gordon College stuff and and hooked up with a Leno. Well, I'm going to rephrase this to not get sued. I ended up having a conversation with one of the students and um, about that and and also with his mother, which was really strange. But um, but even you know, even just having those few things, or when I went to a basketball game, I'd change into a Christian sweatshirt or something before I went, and um, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot that that I was aware of that came out of that. Um, I don't know if you know if it was just unnoticed. Nobody knows what Gordon was. You know, I don't I don't really know. Um, but nobody really said anything to me. I think I, I did bring some pamphlets down to the nurse once that wasn't religious. They weren't they weren't saying, you know, you have to follow Jesus. It was just promoting abstinence. And, you know, they had some other pamphlets in the nurse's office that were along those topics. And I was like, well, maybe we can offer these to the students as well. And it was shut down, which was pretty much the only time that I really felt like there was anything that was really, you know, pressing against what I was believing was when the when the nurse was like, We can't we can't hand these out because, you know, it's it's telling people that they can't do what they want to do. And huh. I was like, Well what if this is what they want to do? <laughs> like <laughs> you know, <laughs> what if they want to abstain? So, um, you know, I think that was pretty much the only thing when I when I carried those down and and um and asking for that. But as far as my you know, my clothing, any of my jewelry, things like that, even when I would carry verses around I'd have them I had a sticker on one of my um on one of my clipboards that said, If you love the creator, take care of creation and I used that clipboard every single day and you know, the administration never commented on it or I'd bring verses to faculty meetings that I was trying to memorize and, you know, nobody said too much about it. Um, if anything, they would just ask what I was what I was, what I had on my clipboard, you know, what I was trying to memorize or what I was reading, or um, so it didn't really seem to be too much of a problem, which was good. Great. Okay, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, and and you gave a great example, Chris, when you used um, your relationship with Christ in a paper about the most influential person in your life. The but I want to go a little deeper into that. In as far as quoting the Bible, I, I don't know how, for instance, bloody da, a teacher could get through the day without, if they were a Christian and they were in the Word and learning from the Word and applying the Word to their lives. How can you get? I mean, how can you get through the day without quoting the Bible in in in, in a thousand different situations? If you're up in front of a class talking, do you have to make a conscious effort not to, or do you not even try not to and just don't? actually reference the Bible even though you're quoting it. I mean, how do you handle that situation? There there were a lot of biblical principles that I was teaching my students um, about, you know, taking responsibility for what you're doing and, you know, and and sort of that idea of confession and and reconciliation, you know, without actually naming them as such. And um, and I did, you know, I, I used a lot of the Proverbs when I was talking about um, how they should be acting and things like that. I didn't necessarily... I, I mean, I definitely didn't say that this was from the Bible and this was a proverb or whatever. But you know, if a student asked me a question, I would I would definitely give them answers that were from the Bible, but 
changed a word or two, just, you know, used some synonyms so that it didn't sound quite like I had taken it from there. Um, right, it wasn't a memorized verse, but still it was from the Bible, but you just didn't, you just didn't say where it was from. Right, and right. I, yeah, I did have to be really careful about that since there were some some other people in there that would probably be able to recognize it as such and, and be offended and, you know, go and complain to the school board or whatever. Um, you know, we talked, I did talk about the the history of the Christians, Jews, and Muslims in Spain. And that was a really touchy subject, having Jews and Muslims and Christians in my classes, you know, and talking about how they were all fighting with each other and how they were all trying to show who was better than who else. And I had to do it from a very neutral standpoint and not put the blame on anybody, which really, in that in that situation, I would have to blame the Christians. But, um, you know, just, just thinking about, I did have to think very carefully about how I worded things and, and, and to just to understand that my students were not going to be living godly lives and, and trying to teach them those principles without expecting them to be growing in Christ because they weren't in Christ. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, do you have any, uh, any other thoughts? Any final thoughts? It's pretty much all the sub. We've covered all of the different aspects that I wanted to cover. What, do you, what did, did y'all bring anything else that you wanted to talk about on the subject? Um, not really. No. No? <laughs> well, I do have one final thought that you might want to comment on, and this really goes for both of you, but I've heard Lottie Domination in a couple of times, and, and that's the idea of separation of church and state, and that is all it is. It's an idea. It's an idea mentioned in a letter by Thomas Jefferson. But we've, we almost quote it as though it's an amendment or a law or part of the Constitution. The Constitution says that we cannot prohibit religion, which in a sense, in a public school, we almost kind of are, where we're, we're saying that we have to teach atheism, we have to teach there is no God by simply not mentioning God. I mean, that's the way it was when I was there in my small town. And even though it's not obviously, I mean, they don't teach there is no God, they don't say the words there is no God, they don't say that our official stance is atheism, but with his absence, and with the absence especially of corporate prayer, how can we expect God to be present in our teaching and, and things like that? Now, I've, I've listened to you both, I've seen you, you're both acting as Christians in school, but do you find that this this idea of separation of church and state has become accepted as the, the law of the land? And, and do you accept that personally as the law of the land? I I'll let Lottie Dago first since she spoke up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it has been become viewed as the law of the land and that, you know, it is the way that things are and the way that things should be uh, according to, you know, the powers that be or whatever. Um, And I think it's widely accepted among the teachers as well. I mean, I myself, even as a Christian, find, find benefits in that idea, even though I would love to be able to share my own faith. Um, But, you know, I don't necessarily think it's become, at this point, something that is overbearing and scary and looking like some sort of, you know, dictatorship or anything like that. So you think it's a little paranoia on the Christian right side? 
I think to some extent, yeah, I think they're basically just, you know, I mean, I know that the, the country started with that Christian goal in mind, but, you know, I like I said, I, I wouldn't want some other faiths, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't want them teaching these other things to, to to the kids through the school just as freely as, as the Christian faith, even though I know that our, you know, that God is, the truth, and and that I would hope that people would see that, but so many people are drawn away all the time that I, you know, to some extent would rather have it taken out of the school system entirely than allow all of the all of the lies to be taught along with the truth. Interesting. And Chris, what's your perspective? Um, I think the separation between church and state is something that was created so that a state religion would not be established in America. I mean, England had a state religion and everybody had to be a part of it. That's why a lot of people fled to America to have freer lives, have freedom of religion. And that's why America is based on that principle. But I don't think it... If we have freedom of speech it should be freedom for speech for all, not freedom for speech for me, but not for thee kind of thing. So, I mean, everyone should be able to have free speech, whether they be a teacher, whether they be a student, whether they be working, but they must be able to do it in the, in the right manner, in the right context. So, I mean... I don't think one religion should be enforced. I just think it should be allowed to allowed to spread, be free in it. I mean, you can't we can't force everybody to listen to what we're saying. Like in a in a school, I can't force someone to listen to what I'm saying, but I can say it. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I do appreciate both of you. Um, you've been very civil to one another, and uh, I think for the most part you're coming from the same, the same perspective. <laughs> but uh, it's, been, it's been good to hear both the student and the teacher perspective. Mm-hmm. And from different parts of the world, I mean, from, from East Coast and Midwest or wherever you consider Montana, mm-hmm. and um, from, you know, bigger metropolitan area to rural. So... I really appreciate uh, you both coming on here, spending your time, and giving us your thoughts. I think you've made this show a very great success. I appreciate both of you. All right. And uh, thank you uh, for listening to Grace Junkies. There you have it. Well, join us next time for Grace Junkies. only one more thing to add. As deep or as complicated as these conversations can get, I would like to remind everyone that the Christian life is as simple as a relationship with the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. We Grace Junkies may disagree on individual points, but we love each other. And we hope that you have a relationship with the Lord because He loves you. Thank you for joining us. 